0: Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never knew you even had. I'm Vero. And I'm Lina. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today we're
1: talking about Season 5, Episode 14, Nothing Lasts Forever. Let's hope that's true and that is really gone.
0: Yeah, I know, right?
1: Yeah, that is for me the saving grace, the silver lining, the joyful moment in this episode. Because, spoiler alert, Lina <laughs> no like this episode.
0: There are definitely things that did not bring me joy in this episode, but... We know what
1: we're supposed to do with things that do not bring (laughs) us joy. We're supposed to throw them out, so... Let them go. Let's get through this. I will skip this episode on rewatches.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't really do that because it has Trisha Helfer in it, so... And she looks stunning in that But it has
1: her as a mom and not as Charlotte, and so I am... Not touched, sorry.
0: Eh, Okay. Well, tell us what it's about. In
1: this episode, Lucifer chases his new obsession by planning his father's retirement. Mace decides that it's better to be in control of torture than at risk of being tortured. Ella talks about her darkness and at the end, dad leaves, all according to his plan.
0: That's gonna be a debate there. <laughs> I am not looking forward to that one. I'm gonna just go straight into the obsession of the week. I am curious if we went into the same direction. Well,
1: if you just Listen to me, I already spoiled what my obsession is.
0: I know, and this is why I don't think we went into the same direction. I think the same direction, but different ending. Anyway, I'm just going to get it out. My obsession of the week is becoming worthy.
1: That is way too meta. I went very direct with Dad's retirement.
0: That's what I thought happened. However, they are technically connected and mine is just the umbrella of yours.
1: They are not the same and thus it puts us at 7 out of 14, which is exactly 50%. So we better stick to
0: this. Keeping the balance going. Beautiful. I'm proud of it. Let's see
1: what wonderful facts and funds we have this week. Of course, Our standard three, two of them are going to be sad because we have third-time director Lisa DeMaine, who did Boo Normal and Save Lucifer. She has one more episode to come. Also, she has 12 credits for assistant director on Lucifer.
0: She is very good. Yeah. I very much enjoyed direction this time.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the same went for Boo Normal and Save Lucifer. So Mm. really Mm -hmm. looking forward to her last episode.
0: Eighth-time
1: writer Chris Rafferty. Previous episode was spoiler alert, only one more episode to come Aww. so chris the last one better be better than this one
0: i mean we have loved every single episode that he has written if i'm not I mistaken know. so this is
1: the exception to the rule and exactly. if i remember correctly ildi had one episode i was extremely disappointed by and so did joe so maybe each of them just need to have the one freebie and so i'm looking forward that i get one more to
0: appreciate and enjoy by chris I kind of want to google which one it is now just so I know that his art skills are going to come <laughs> back.
1: Nope, you're going to have to wait and see.
0: Ooh. And thirdly, the title
1: of course is said by Dad. First, it is said later as well by Lucifer, but only the first time counts, which puts Lucifer at 6 out of 14, so That's he's even worse than so he's even worse than we are. We have some more curious facts and funds. So let's see where they end up being. When Lucifer and Chloe pull up to the Venice Aquarium valet station, Lucifer hands over his keys and he is given a valet ticket with the number 666. Six, six, no, 666 six, 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 six on it, so you didn't see it. Okay. It's actually really, really visible. The Japanese that Lucifer speaks at the dojo is Sono Taidoka. In context, this translates to That's it, or Is That All You've Got? Hint the German Amazon subtitles this.
0: Did it do it correctly? For a change, yes. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) shocked and appalled. How dare they? I was expecting something worse.
1: The dojo scene is supposedly a riff on the first training session Morpheus has with Neo in The Matrix from 1999. It has been so long that I've seen that movie that I do not know if that holds up or not.
0: I mean now you said that I think there is a very good chance it's actually true.
1: Lastly we have some wonderful insufferable know-it-all information from IMDb and that is The bald eagle is mentioned as one of the endangered species being trafficked. However, it was removed from the list of endangered and threatened wildlife in 2007, and its conservation status is now least concerned. However, the bald eagle is protected by federal laws. For example, Bold and Golden Eagle Protection Act and the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. And while permits may be obtained for taking a bald eagle, eating one is definitely not a legal activity.
0: There we go. At least it's still an illegal to eat thing. Yeah. And that concludes the facts and funds.
1: I hope you enjoyed them very much, just like Vero did, judging from her face.
0: The ride has been wild. (laughs) But now the accent must change, because it's time for Previously on Lucifer. Nice. Mace got a soul and broke up with Eve. Ella has been struggling with her dark side. Lucy pulled an elaborate prank on Dan, which actually had a positive impact on him. Michael went back to heaven, but it wasn't over for him. Chloe and Lucy finally said, fuck it, let's be together. Dad decided to retire and Lucy decided to replace him.
1: Well summarized. I'm pretty sure there's all...
0: Yep, there might be some details that uh, might be mentioned in this, but I think this is a really... Nice. Boop together. Thank you.
1: We open with a super long intro. And I know there is a song, but holy shit. It takes so long until we actually see them in the car. Mm. I was very much confused because usually we get like one or at most two overhead camera city, street, beach shots. And then we're right in the scene. And this time it felt ages. So I was very, very confused.
0: Yeah, I was too busy looking for the song, I have to say, (laughs) to notice that this was taking longer than usual. So about this song, it plays at the beginning more loud and then it continues playing underneath the scene. And then at the very end, when we actually get to the valet and about to walk into the crime scene, it becomes louder again. But that's actually that part of that song is from the beginning of the song and what plays now it's the chorus, if I understand this correctly. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. So once we finish with our lengthy camera wide shots montage, we see that Chloe and Lucifer are actually driving in the car. And I'm really like, Lucifer, this is not the best setting to talk with Chloe about you becoming God. Dude, time and place is a thing. And I know he doesn't care, but yeah. Also, I'm completely with Chloe because she is so... So not here for this and she is not being supportive and I'm very happy that she is not being supportive right away, like blindly or whatever.
0: I was watching this and unlike you, I was just happy that Lucifer is very much straight with Chloe immediately that he tells her about this whole plan and he obviously doesn't think it's that much of a deal.
1: He's not straight with her. He straight up dodges when she says why. He says literally never mind why when she is the reason why because he wants to prove himself worthy to her. So he is talking to her, which is nice, but he's not being honest honest with her, which is not good.
0: Okay, guess if you're going to put it that way. Yeah. Yes, I am. Of course you are. (laughs) What I like, though, is that Chloe is there and she's asking all the right questions. Why? Why not a minute deal? What does the rest of angels think about this? Why would even Lucifer want to be God? And she does not get all the answers, but she gets those questions out there and hopefully they are marinated in Lucifer's brain. And he's going to eventually share why with her because we kind of have an idea of why because he literally says that at the end of the last episode. So hopefully he's going to share that with her because she puts those questions out there and I'm grateful for that. And then again, I agree with you on Chloe's... Because she again is right. Lucifer seems to have a certain idea of the situation, how it's going to be, but I don't think it's a very correct idea. Yeah. Exactly. All the omnis, not necessarily a good thing. I really
1: appreciate Lucifer's phrasing of how about a nice little murder to take our mind off things? Because yes, that's exactly what Chloe needs and
0: we. And we. We, we.
1: I see what you did there.
0: So as I mentioned, the song that we had at the beginning returns at this moment as we walk into the aquarium and we get Ella and her dark thoughts.
1: Oh my God, I was so into this because I for a second had forgotten that this was not an actual shark murder and I was so excited I was completely with her like oh my god and what do you think and this I'm completely there with her like yes
0: yeah and I think that she is just struggling and if she weren't going through the shit that she's been going through or if she had somebody to talk to maybe she wouldn't put so much pressure on herself about these thoughts because in fairness it's all part of her job as well to think that way so maybe be nicer to yourself, Ella?
1: That with no doubt. But she has someone to talk to because later on we learn that she has been seeing Linda ever since the thing with Pete happened. Good thing. and also we learn that she says that she always had this darkness quotation marks in her so she always had these types of thoughts not because of Pete but now she struggles more with it than she did before but she always considered these thoughts to be bad or evil or dark or whatever and this is where I disagree so strongly but we will talk about that when we come to the therapy session because I absolutely love her enthusiasm mm-hmm. I am with Dan but once. again, Dan, and compliments. He means well, but it is not well received when he says it and you can see it on her face.
0: (sighs) Yeah, that's the thing though. The excitement that she brings to the table, that's what makes her her. That's what makes her shine. And that's what makes her so good at her job. As we are about to see for the, the entire episode, that she is truly the best person ever who ever worked for the LAPD. Because fuck everybody else, Ella is the person who solves half of the murders on her own. If
1: not more, yes. If
0: not more, yeah.
1: So I was very disappointed that this was not an actual shark murder Hmm. because boo. (laughs) And so I was already sad and then I realized, oh my God, theme of this episode is going to be Lucy proving to Chloe why it is going to be amazing that he will become God. And I was not happy for that. And then it got even worse for me on a personal level because now he starts making dad jokes which are basically puns it made me so happy I know for you and for like 99% of the people out there This is just brilliance But for me it was a 1-2-3 combo of like No, no, no <laughs> So sadly no, it's <sighs> sad
0: Yeah. Well, we have the little bits with the corpse, but then we go talk to Lizzie for a bit and she says the phrase, Bruna, she was a pillar of a community. And my brain goes, okay, well, that's what people say about serial killers. So I am now watching this episode under the impression that Bruna was a serial killer and she had this (laughs) coming. Nice. Anyway, the serial killer Bruna is murdered and this is as much of attention that this case is going to get from me.
1: Yeah, I did not care about the case much, but to me it sounded from the get-go that Bruna was actually the one running everything, doing everything, handling everything. So Lizzie, to me, was instantly a shitty boss.
0: Oh, yes. 100%. And
1: then, of course, deal shows up because there's something he and Lucy need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because dad's back and his retirement is no longer a secret.
0: He's back. Yeah, we go into the park and we see a whole bunch of angels just walking around. And first thing that comes to my mind is they're just walking around with their wings out. So much for kind of shielding humanity from uh, divinity.
1: But as Lucifer points out later on, this is LA. No one is gonna care because this might just be filming for something or whatever. So...
0: I mean, yeah, I suppose my first reaction to this was like I still don't buy this as an excuse because then Lucifer could just walk around with his wings out all the time but he's not a fan of his wings or you know I mean whatever he could just walk around with any source of divinity but we've been shown that every single time anybody takes a look at that it can be dangerous for humans but then we retconned that at some stage so because
1: one angel is oh my god what is going on 50 angels is oh they're shooting a movie
0: yeah this is what kind of brought me around when I realized it's a big group gathered in a public park probably yeah. a themed birthday party or some bullshit like that
1: yeah we get the revelation that dad is having a barbecue and we drop the title card quite early in the game just five mm-hmm. minutes in
0: and then we meet
1: our first new angel of the episode which is Gabriel and
0: it's not a straight white male
1: I absolutely loved it I love her the angel of gossip of messaging which which makes sense because Gabriel in the lore was the angel who told Mary like, girl, you pregnant? So angel of message, definitely fitting. And I love that they turned Gabriel into a female angel. Because yes. why the fuck not?
0: Yeah, why should it be a guy who's, you know, any other run of a mill angel? Though,
1: did they have to make the gossipy angel female? Isn't that <sighs>
0: kind of, you know? If you point that out, that can be a little bit Maybe, maybe. Just
1: struck me right in the second.
0: Hmm, hmm. Maybe that's why. It would be interesting to see Gabriel as a male and a gossip because we don't get to see that very often unless very specific circumstances. That's true. Put it on its head. But not completely on its head. Yeah. The other way around. Switch it over. Do something.
1: But Gabriel tells us very, very importantly that Michael is talking shit about dad. And now all the angels know that dad is losing it and looking for a successor.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's a little seed that's been planted for the latest revelation that I didn't actually notice when I was watching it. Not even now, even though I knew this is what Michael was going to do. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> but
1: we don't spend much time with Gabriel because our next angel is coming up and we of course met her before Remiel and I am I ecstatic her. that she's back.
0: I love her so much.
1: That she is in this scene and that she shows up at the very end and is then team Lucifer. So yeah. yay, Remy. Here for it.
0: I did start writing down the names that we've heard in this episode. And unfortunately, I was hoping for more. For more names. There was so many angels and we only got Zadkiel, Remiel, Gabriel and Hanjobidil. Hanjobidil.
1: And obviously, Zadkiel is coming up next. He stops Lucifer in his tracks. Conveniently forgets that Lucy is also an angel. So duh.
0: Definitely. Unintentional, 100%. He
1: spits on the ground in front of him, and Lucy is very, very upset with that. But Ames calms everything down with not very godlike behavior. And obviously, Zadkiel and the later then mentioned Han deal are the topic of this week's Devils in the Detail.
0: And it's a ride, I can tell you that. So if you do have access to the bonus, head over because you want to hear this.
1: We then have the whole death. Tell us who's gonna be your successor, whispered in my ear, blah 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 blah. And Remy, of course, jumps the gun and is like, obviously, it's Amenadeel. And then Lucifer's like, Jinx! No, it's me. And I absolutely love the fact that Amenadeel instantly backs Lucifer. Sadly, the other angels are not here for it. Yet, hopefully, because if Remy at the end of the episode can come around, so probably can others. And I'm pretty sure that will be foreshadowing. We'll see
0: how it goes.
1: But of course, dad being dad, he is not naming his successor right there and then. He says, retirement first, successor later. Which, of course, is why I went with Dad's retirement as the obsession for this episode. Because the next step after retirement is then becoming
0: God. Yep, I see where you came from. It was definitely one of the possible obsessions for me. But for obvious reasons that I have mentioned before, I have gone with something else. But now we come back to the murder of a serial killer. That's your headcanon and I'm okay with that. We go into the precinct to talk with the husband of the serial killer. So my first thought was, you know what, if it was him, fair play to him. But then I realized that I fucking hate this dude. Because boohoo, little fucker is sad and and all... Disturbed about really? being at home with his children when they're sick while his wife is making money.
1: Like, Yeah, because he felt left alone and she didn't have time for him. And he loves her and he wanted to spend time with the person he loved the most.
0: I mean, yes, if you look at it that way, yes. But also... Bruna look at from was the- a shit wife. She was a fucking workaholic. I'm with the husband. Look at it from the other point of view. If this was a woman... If he was a woman, yes. it would be completely expected from her to stay at home It would still with be shit. Kids. Yeah, which it is just as shit. But everybody would treat it completely differently. And just I want to point this out. Just because women
1: who stay at home get treated like shit does not mean we should treat men who stay at home like shit. No one should have to care for the kids they have with another person all by themselves and clean up the fucking child vomit alone two people made that fucking child that is now throwing up so maybe both of them should ship in some time
0: no yeah i get that i get that but also he was just so shocked by it that it just disturbed me and i'm like listen this is something that is happening to millions of families around the world so don't feel that special
1: no he doesn't feel special he's unhappy because not only is his wife who was the love of his life dead they also did spend any time together in the past few years? Okay, so I am. You with are him. being.
0: You are being very reasonable. I'm just being pissed.
1: <laughs> For once, I'm the reasonable one.
0: Which is something that normally we don't really have. So we have flipped this on the side uh, on its head a little just bit, just like the they same way-
1: gender flipped. Uh, who stayed at home? We now flipped our roles. Ha-ha. Yay!
0: Killing it today
1: We totally skipped over the fact That Lucifer is now looking For a classic retirement home For his father Which was very obvious to me was not gonna happen because he's not going into a classic retirement home. But also, it was instantly extremely clear that Lucifer does now not care about the case anymore. And he is half-assing it throughout the episode. Which I kind of enjoyed because I also did not care about the case. So I felt very seen by his behavior.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair. And he was still Uh, helpful. He was still helpful. And that's what I was gonna say. He helps with the case even though he doesn't pay... Any attention whatsoever. Well, there was like a little bit of attention that he paid. Yeah, half a
1: brain cell is occupied with the case and the rest is on his own business.
0: However, what I find amazing is that Chloe really tries to get him engaged in the case. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out the way she hopes. But her way of trying to manipulate him into caring about the case. Because... It worked in the past. That's the thing. Oh, yeah.
1: Repeatedly. She knows what she's doing because she has a track record that this actually
0: works. Yes. It did backfire this time a little bit. Yeah. Well, the thing is,
1: you need to wait until Lucy isn't as obsessed. And right now his obsession is so fresh that there is no getting through his big skull. And so, yeah, she will keep at it and she will get through at some point.
0: However, he does give us a new lead. So we yes. can move on with the case a little bit. But before we get to move to the case, we have to visit Mace for a little bit. And we go them.
1: to my favorite plotline in this episode, which is... Maze's struggle with having a soul and the implications that come with it. Because Linda is right. All Mace wanted was to have a soul. But she did not consider all the implications that come with it. And I am fully with Mace. Eve most likely is going to heaven and Mace will go to hell as a tortured soul. They are doomed. And Mace is especially doomed because she will get tortured by her former Co demons mm-hmm. who she made fun of and tortured herself sometimes when she could get time in for it. So I am fully with her and I really enjoy this realization that she has and that Linda can't do anything to really help with this. Because, truth be told, I did not think of that when Mace was saying, like, hey, I really, really, really want a soul because I want a soulmate, because I want to connect to people. I did not consider that, well, wait a moment, once she has a soul, when she dies, she's not just gonna blip out of existence anymore like before. Instead, she's gonna go to hell because, let's face it, Mace is not a good person. She has a lot of regret. She has a
0: lot of guilt that she's carrying with her. And to me, this is a first of a bunch of different moments in this episode where Mace and her thought process actually surprises me, as in in a good way. Not that it's surprising to me that she does it, but it's surprising to me that, I didn't think of it myself that this is a possibility. The entire soul plotline is Great. working out amazingly, yeah. especially for me. And it all makes sense. It all is going in an appropriate pace. It's yeah. going directions that I didn't see coming, but I love. So yeah. yes, I'm very, very happy with it. Also, I want to point out Mace is actually sharing with Linda. She is talking to her about yes. this entire situation, which is also something that is not usual for her as a character. We have a lot of character development in this episode for multiple of them. So, yeah,
1: especially our side characters. So, that is really, really nice.
0: This is actually something that speaks to Chris Rafferty as a writer. And I'm pretty sure that we've mentioned that before, that his episodes are usually the ones that get a lot of character development on its own. Mm. Maybe we don't love every single detail about the episode, but this is something that he yeah. continues to give us. And it's very solid and it's very good. Absolutely. fucking lootly And
1: you're right, just because personal opinion is like, oh, I don't like where this one arc is going, doesn't change the fact that, It is so great that we get so much background information on our side characters. So hell to the year. I don't have anything else for Linda's office scene in the moment, though. Me neither. Because now we go to the restaurant. Do we have music in the restaurant?
0: Jeremy's Fine Food, I believe it's called, isn't it? Yes. So we get a background song for this. It's called... Evening Star. And it is by the band called Cannons. And it is a song that I have chosen for my Devils in the Music. So more background information about this band will be found in our bonus episode. But to the scene, we get Lucifer waiting for Chloe at a restaurant. It's a posh restaurant. They're both dressed up. I'm extremely happy with this. It feels like, oh, it's like a sting date. This is amazing. And, you know, great work-life balance. And I'm with Chloe, this feels great.
1: I was so into this until the revelation, exactly.
0: Until Pops shows up. God shows up, Penelope shows up, and at this moment we have a double-decker double date. Double-decker date. I hate the name. Of course you would. Lucifer loves it and I also love it, so I knew that you would hate it. But we get a double-decker date and... mm, It still feels like an interesting matchup, but I'm slightly unhappy with Lucifer for bringing his personal shit to his relationship. Because he should have told Chloe. If anything, he should have told her that he is inviting her mom. Yes. At the very least. But there is one thing, one nice thing that I want to point out about this scene, and that is when we are sitting at the table, Penelope asks dad about his name. And he says, you can call me God. And... When he says that, there is a statue of a golden goddess behind him in that shot. And it's just such a beautiful shot.
1: The framing is amazing.
0: It's just so great. Also, fun fact, and I'm not 100% sure about this, because my knowledge of Hindu gods is very limited, but I believe that is Druga, the one with multiple arms, she is the mother goddess. She is the mother of all. So a mother goddess and a father god, in one shot, weirdly enough, kind of really worked for me.
1: I have close to zero knowledge of the Hindu gods, so I completely missed that. But that is curious.
0: I hope that I am not misinterpreting that statue because, again, as I said, my knowledge is limited.
1: (laughs) If any of our listeners have information on this, please let us know and
0: educate us. Please, please do.
1: But all in all, this scene was very, very awkward and bad for me. But no worries, because it is quite short and we go back to Maze's storyline with an amazing plan that obviously is gonna fail. It is obvious from the first second that we see. But we go over to Linda's home. We see Maze in a pile of puppies. She has one puppy on her arm and a knife in her hand. And it is absolutely adorable because you can see in her face she is not going to go through with this. And while she is struggling, trying to go through with it, Ames comes home.
0: It's just so beautiful and cute that she thinks that this would work as well. You know, it's another of those choices that I wouldn't expect from her. But also it makes complete sense that she thinks that becoming a puppy killer is bad enough to overcome the guilt that she feels about the way she treated Eve. So oh Mace, Mace, Mace it's just very human of her. Yeah
1: and I mean there are quite a few puppies in there so maybe it would be enough but it's very obvious that she can't go through with it. We get a callback to Squee which mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed because Squee is one of the few named demons that we know.
0: Mm-hmm. That we hate but also He's a really. demon
1: so duh. But mostly I really really enjoyed that Amenadiel is sharing with Mace what is going on. He is talking to her and she now finds something to latch on that does not
0: end in puppy killing. Yep. And she hands over the puppy and heads out the door. And we get my favorite scene transition in this episode. Same. I got it out as well. Of course, for obvious reasons, the puppy starts peeing on a Amenadiel. And as we realize that, we hear the trinkling, the peeing sound, we cut back to the restaurant where we cut to a sound of wine being poured, which is excellent. It's so good.
1: So good. I'm pretty sure it's the same sound.
0: Yep, it's quite possible. And we get another song here in the background called I'll Get There by Aline.
1: Well, we do get there at some point. (laughs) All I have to say for this scene, because this is all just very, very awkward. I absolutely want to see pictures of goth Chloe.
0: Oh, that would be so fun. I think you could just Google Lauren German's pictures from uh, the hostel. I would assume she would be quite goth there, covered in blood and everything, you know.
1: Goth does not mean being covered in blood, my dear. No, 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 no. So Uh... I want to see proper goth Chloe, not splatter Film,
0: Chloe. Okay, hot topic goth, Chloe. I get Exactly.
1: It. Hot topic goths are not dirty goths. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, you're right.
1: Yeah. And secondly, I very much enjoyed the fact that Jeremy is a Penelope fan and does not know who Lucifer is.
0: It's so good. Because, you know, this gives us another layer to, you know, Lucifer fucked up for inviting Penelope there, but also in the same gesture, he has saved the case in a way, or he helped keep this case moving. Which Actually,
1: is something that happens quite often with him. His initial idea doesn't work, but it turns out to be useful or working for something else. Mm-hmm. And so in this setting, he invited Penelope as a new partner for his dad, which doesn't work out. But her being there... Brings forward the case which she didn't pay attention to at
0: all. Exactly. Fuck him, fuck Jeremy for eating endangered species and for serving them up to people as delicacy. It's just, I hate that. And I'm not a vegetarian or anything like that, but.
1: You only eat animals that you don't consider are cute. I get it.
0: That's not exactly that. It's just a situation or a person like that makes me want to become vegetarian. I'm gonna put it that way. I'm not gonna, because I like chicken too much. Not hard, not eating meat. (laughs) I know, I know. (sighs) Anyway, I'm sorry, I just needed to get it out because there's gonna be more about his shitty ways and I just don't want to go back to that
1: Mm -hmm. fuck him we go over to therapy and I hate everything about this and I don't know if it doesn't work for me because Amy Garcia doesn't sell it or if it doesn't work because the writing doesn't sell it or it doesn't work because I don't consider her description or her thoughts dark or bad in any way the way she describes picturing things happening or bad things happening to other people and going through options and everything I'm pretty sure nearly everyone does that like there's different types of ways like when you sit next to a driver the the idea that you could just grab over into the wheel and do something is something that many people have the idea that when you pass someone and oh something bad could happen it's not that bad as long as you don't Act on the curious wanderings that your brain goes through. It is totally fine. It does not make you a bad person just because your brain goes through option one to Mm 5714. And so this did not connect with me at all. And I was a bit disappointed that Linda has apparently no way of connecting with Ella in this moment or Helping her or offering her any kind of working idea, not even the beginning of something. Because usually Linda is incredibly insightful. And so it felt very out of character for her as well to just sit there nodding at Ella. Because we actually have quite a long moment when we get out of the scene where they're just sitting there in silence. Mm. And so I was just like, what is going on? Were they just so desperate to find something bad within Ella? Is mm. this supposed to be a parallel to depression? Or like, it, it didn't work for me. It didn't make sense at all. This is the part of the episode that I severely dislike.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This thing with Ella, I feel like she is taking it very much harder than she should. Even the way you were describing it, I agree with you, while also I think that the reasons for her to see herself that way are there. I don't agree with them, and I think that she should look at it from a different view as she is now, and I think Linda should help her with that. But maybe I am willing to give Linda a benefit of the doubt right now, because if she has been seeing her continuously for a while, there might be a a reason why she is quiet right now and I hope that this is that I hope that Ella keeps coming back and I hope that Linda will be able to find a way to help Ella at the moment or soon so to me I agree this was not the best session I was hoping for Linda to be able to do more but I am not yet condemning it completely because we haven't been at other sessions and maybe Ella this is the first time Ella is actually admitting this out loud all of these details and Linda just needs Ella to come to acceptance with it first and then when she comes back and for the next session maybe she's gonna be able to help her better fingers crossed
1: the thing is the next scene is what makes it unfixably bad for me mm. because we now go over to the precinct and mm-hmm. we learn that apparently Bruno was selling fish which seems extremely out of character for her.
0: Bruna is being a murderer of some sort, but Lucifer is very much distracted with his phone and decides to go and call his father. However, it turns out Dad is already at the precinct, staring intensely at Ella.
1: Yes, and I hate this, because... This means, obviously, he is aware of Ella. Mm -hmm. He is very much aware that she is incredibly unhappy and depressed. Mm -hmm. And he is not doing anything about it, despite her literally being one of his best believers. And so my deep, deep dislike of dad has just deepened more.
0: Mm -hmm. Lucifer comes and finds him and again comes in with the double-decker date, which, thank you. Thank you for being so to make sure that everybody heard. But I came up with this great joke and if you're not going to go out with Penelope, we're not going to be a double-decker. We're not going to have a double-decker. But
1: yeah, Penelope is definitely a few millennia too young for Dad. That is a very good point.
0: Yeah. And then at the end of the scene, Dad is being very adamant about not hearing a word about retirement from Lucifer ever again. And Lucifer says, you're not going to hear it from these lips and takes out a phone. starts texting and i'm like is he gonna just start texting him all the time now about the retirement (laughs) because that was my assumption and the fact that it's he actually messages i'm in a deal instead was surprising to me good surprise fun surprise
1: since lucifer made it very clear that dad is not a good texter that is not where my mind went so for me it was very obvious like well, you're not going to hear it from me, you're going to hear it from my brother. Because that is usually how you deal with it. It's like, once you annoy your mom or your dad enough on a certain topic, you hand over the topic to your sibling to continue the work. At least that's what my brother and I do when it comes to the fitness level of our mom, for example.
0: we never done that for our parents, and it's three of us. That would have worked so well, I think, because yeah. it's three of us. Yeah, teamwork. Yeah, um, to she me, worked. because Lucifer said, you're not going to hear it from the lips literally Uh, your emphasis was lips
1: my emphasis was these
0: yes yeah exactly but you were right we are playing golf With Ames and Dad, we have a return of Detective Aminadil. Yes. And Ames is being very smart and, you know, coming up with all these things. Like, well...
1: Hole in one. Again. Just like every other. Hmm.
0: What could that mean? Are your powers still perfect? Oh, is it all in your head? Oh, who was the first one who said it? Oh.
1: And then he makes a really, really, really good point. So definitely Detective Amenadiel. We learn that Dad didn't realize he was losing grip on his powers until Michael mentioned it to him. So basically put the fear of losing the grip on his powers in him, which is kind of his superpower. Right. (laughs) And then Ames goes... Like, well, we angels self-actualize, maybe you do too. Which would only make sense because God made them in his image. Mm -hmm. So it is absolutely logical that he would have this feature, I'm going to call it, as well. (laughs) So go Ames, absolutely loving it. Yeah, good Amenadiel episode, really good Amenadiel episode.
0: Strong, good Ames. But that's all I have on this scene. Oh, same, same.
1: It's so rare for us to praise a deal though. So.
0: I know, I know. It's great, though. I like when he's being good. It sparks joy.
1: It sparks joy. It makes it so much worse, though, when he then in between has like a...
0: The little drops. Yeah.
1: When he falls back into bad behavior. Yeah. When he falls back into bad behavior. But never mind.
0: And I don't have much on the next scene, except for Chloe again brings up to Lucifer. That she is worried that he's going to be too distracted to be there for her. Which I feel like it's a very legit concern again. Because he already is distracted as is. And he's not even a god yet. He was distracted when he was only the devil. And if he's gonna take on this extra responsibility, what are the chances that this is actually gonna go well for Chloe or their relationship? So 100% behind Chloe on this. Lucifer needs to listen to her more.
1: But this is also the first moment where he actually realizes that Chloe is not being hype about him being God 2.0. It's,
0: you know, baby steps. Exactly, baby steps.
1: I was very much confused why Lucifer is smiling when he reads the address where they're going next. Because that means he knew exactly where they were going and what the type of people are. So he knew what they were heading into. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious what the backstory here is.
0: And there is yet again a moment for Ella where she gives us another clue and saves the case. She comes in and says, I tracked the money, the $47,000. I don't have a name, but I have an address. And Lucifer reads the address and smiles
1: and so we go to the address and we go to the address we see them fighting kendo Mm -hmm. i assume we have a song while they fight kendo.
0: there is like this background song it's called kisha by san jose taiko i'm not 100 sure on the story about this song or anything like that but it is one of those very typical songs that you would expect in that setting
1: so Lucifer decides that he is gonna fight the dude in red.
0: Because he has a lot of pent-up energy to release. Because his dad has been driving up the walls. And I love this as an explanation. It's my favorite. And he's right about the whole respect thing as well.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. He takes one of the training katanas off the wall. Hits him on the head to get him motivated to fight him. They fight. Lucifer obviously wins. And the dude in red is a very bad loser. Mm -hmm. Because he throws away his training katana and he... Gets an actual katana after all, with a blade. And Lucifer is like, (laughs) no problem. Throws away his training blade and decides to fight him barehanded
0: because he's still invulnerable so he don't care he needs to make the fight even so he is gonna go without a weapon against him it's great it's still not even though there is I believe a bunch of details about this scene and there is a bunch of pictures from this scene from the shooting on Chris Rafferty's Instagram I remind me to send you the link for that I will do that it's very cool he is talking quite fondly about the entire situation and uh, I believe there are details about the choreography as well, so I will send it on so you can nice. click it. Lucifer
1: wins the fight, obviously. Obviously, we have a shortcut, and now. We have fish being offered and Sato, I think his name is, talking to Lucifer and Chloe. Like I ever remember any names. Lucifer takes one of the nigiris and holds it for so long. Because Chloe's like, oh, you don't know what it is. And It's very obviously a salmon nigiri. Very, very obviously. Just eat well, the fucking thing.
0: Yeah, well, he doesn't eat it in the end. Because yes. he, still Food waste. It's, he still thinks it's fishy.
1: I hate it. I hate you so much.
0: <laughs> I had, I wrote this down when I was making my notes and made me so happy. Mm-hmm. But turns out that according to this dude, Bruna was an honorable woman because she was sacrificing a few fish to save many. And I still call her a fish eye murderer. So, you know.
1: Well, that the thing is... The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I've heard that before. Yeah, that's what Spock says in Star Trek 2, of Khan. (gasps)
0: Uh, Of course he does.
1: Yeah, but that is the philosophy Bruna obviously subscribed to because by sacrificing a few of the fish, she could save the rest of the fish. And honestly, I'm with her on that. If the alternative was... For all of the fish to have to be killed off because the aquarium needs to close down, yeah, it's a legitimate choice. I still think she's a bad mom and wife, but she's at least good for the aquarium.
0: I don't have much of an opinion on Bruna because, uh, in my mind, she's still the pillar of a community. So, henceforth, she is a serial killer, even though we might not find out about it this time. She's a
1: serial killer of fish. That's enough for your head cannon. We go into the penthouse and... Oh, wow. Yes, 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 yes. I love literally every single thing about this scene.
0: <laughs> I thought you might.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the third time Lucifer deliberately pours Mace a drink, right?
0: I don't know if it's the third time, but it's definitely at least the third time. So... We have pointed it out twice thus far. Yeah.
1: And so I'm pretty sure this is the third time and I absolutely love it. I do worry for her because her motivation of wanting to be the queen of hell is coming basically from a place of fear. And mm-hmm. when you're coming from a place of fear, it's usually not something that is good for you. And so it will be... Bite her in the ass or turn out bad or not happen or like something like that. But in general, I am absolutely here for Mace, Queen of Hell. I'm not here for Meza Queen. I no. am so here for
0: Meza Queen. Yes,
1: I'm not surprised that you are. We're not surprised I'm not. But... The idea of Lucifer becoming God and changing the rules of hell so a demon can take the throne and then Maze taking that throne because she won't even need him to give it to her. She will just take that throne. And so I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. So I really, really enjoyed this. And I'm curious how it turns out Mm -hmm. because those of you who have finished watching supernatural we have a queen of hell there as well which i also very much like and so hell to the year let women
0: rule the world and hell yes who runs the hell girls girls anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my god t- that so, was bad <laughs> i know it was very bad that is another decision that i was like oh interesting interesting
1: did not see that coming yeah
0: yeah however there is another decision that she makes in this scene and that is returning the ring to lucifer which was kind of surprising to me because it is made with such a grand gesture it was surprising to me that she wanted to do that i would expect her to either wanting to hold on to it or get it out of her sight so she doesn't have to think about it anymore so her giving it back to lucifer means that it's gonna be in her eyesight every single time she's with him because he immediately puts it back on his finger. So it would be a reminder of her mother. Slight adjustment. I
1: don't think it would be a reminder of her mother, but she literally says, you were trying to protect me from knowing how little I meant to her. And he does not
0: disagree, but he doesn't agree either. I read
1: his facial expression as agreement. And so to me, this ring is a reminder of how deeply Lucifer cares for me. It is not her mother's ring anymore, but it is a symbol for Lucifer caring about Mace and trying to protect her from something that he knew would only hurt her. Because he says, I should have broken my promise, which is a huge thing for Lucifer.
0: Yeah. If you do put it this way, it makes sense for Mace to actually return it. And I can accept that.
1: That is all I have for this. Mm -hmm. But it made me extremely happy and I'm very curious where we're gonna go from
0: here. So now we head into your hated scene and me actually finding an appreciation for God for once. We go back to the precinct and God has decided to talk to Ella.
1: He gets called Daddy Morningstar, which is a thing I would like to unhear.
0: <laughs> Daddy. He shows up and Ella finally makes a connection of, wait a second, if Lucifer is Lucifer and you're his dad, that means that you're God. And he goes, well, I suppose that's what it means. And That part I actually liked. Then he says something which in general is something that I need to remind myself a lot he says, everyone has darkness in them. It's not about getting rid of it. It's about accepting it. It's about accepting yourself and the way you are. And then go from there. And not keep telling yourself that it's a bad thing. Therefore, I'm a bad person. No, no, no. It's not about who you are. It's about what you're gonna do with it. Which is something that is very difficult to to do. And I appreciate him sharing that and wording it for Ella. Because I think that's something that she needs to think about more. She needs to accept herself. And
1: that is absolutely right. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing I'm gonna say against that. The only problem that I have is that he doesn't leave it at that. Because he then needs to add to it that the deeper the darkness the brighter the light. And so that means Ella is struggling so much and deeply depressed and has so much darkness in herself because she, she is such a genuinely amazing person and that's what makes it okay for dad because that's how he made her and I say fuck you dad no so if they had left it at the part that you talked about mm. then I wouldn't be complaining but the whole uh, the dark the deeper the darkness the brighter the light and uh, it's basically the whole like god doesn't give you stuff that you cannot deal with only what you're strong enough it's like shut the fuck up and get out of here
0: yeah I don't see it that way to me the darkest the darkness brighter the light is actually very true so in a sense that worse things you go through more you appreciate the good things that you are dealt which is a way that helps me cope with some of the things in my personal life for example. So to me, that is something that I connected to very strongly. But I understand that doesn't have to be necessarily everybody's experience.
1: Like I said, if it had been left at the first part, it would have been definitely okay with it. But this I hate on so many different levels. And so that can still go sit on a cactus. Thankfully, we leave the lab and we go over into the conference room, basically, where Chloe and Dan sit together and talk about celestial stuff. And I adore this. I absolutely fucking lutely love the fact that Chloe and Dan can now casually chat about all of this celestial bullshit and i love dan i love dan so much he is severely lacking in this episode sadly like when it comes to screen time but this short moment that he has here he is so supportive of lucy in general even of lucy being god because like well could be crazier things i can see it happen he's good at the big picture stuff like everything and he makes a good point So yay for Dan, yay for Bracelet Bros, and yay for Chloe talking to Dan about this.
0: Yeah. Also, little mention of the prank. Chloe still doesn't know the details about that, which I love. Which is very
1: good and he makes sure to keep it that way smart.
0: Then we obviously have the moment where she is worried about the relationship and the impact and she's like oh no I know that it's selfish but the way Dan kind of introduces the whole he is crazy about you and you're crazy about him. To that I say he's correct. If there is a will there is a way.
1: I love Dan's perspective and from his point of view he is absolutely right but no one really knows how deep Lucifer's insecurities and doubt of self-worth go. And that needs to be taken into account. But before we can have more details in that conversation, Ella comes in and, as usual, is the one to save the day, solve the case, give us exactly what we need. It's the second time this episode. And it is what we are used to in basically every episode. But what we are also used to is that Ella finds something that by itself does not do the whole thing. But Chloe takes it and turns it into what needs to be done to get the final step. So basically, Ella is handing over the metaphorical piece of wood. What is the torch torch thingy? And now Chloe is running the last few meters of the... Isn't there a sport where you have like... Is it relay? She's passing over the torch to Chloe, yes. Isn't there a sport where you have like four people running? Relay, yeah. That, That is relay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, Chloe is now doing the final stretch of the relay and Ella made sure that she had enough to work with. So I'm absolutely loving this.
0: Teamwork. Yay, teamwork. So, to the conclusion of the case, we go to the aquarium again. Which is so hilarious. Of course, of course, Lizzie was the murderer of the serial killer. She has a moving company there, a regular moving company
1: to move the shark. It is so hilarious to me. It's like, girl, this cannot, literally cannot be the first fish you ever moved. You have to have someone in your records. I know that Bruna did all the work, but still, you have to have someone in your records that moves live animals.
0: I say nothing she was just very hands-off okay she doesn't really understand
1: yeah she's a she's a fucking idiot she's, she's sorry. a dud
0: <laughs> but lucifer makes the saving willy joke and she doesn't get it because free willy is about an orca not a shark oh is that the reason why she doesn't get it no of course not whatever you say so she makes sure that she tells them that that Willie is not this shark's name. I forgot to write down what it actually is. I know it starts with an A. Is it Arthur?
1: Did we learn the name of the shark? I completely yeah, missed sh- that.
0: She says, oh, his name is not Willie. It's blank. I'm blanking on it. I think it starts with an A. I think it's like Arthur or Albert or something like that.
1: I have absolutely no idea. I did not pay attention to this because I didn't care about Lizzie.
0: Whatever. Yeah, we get a full confession and during the confession Lucifer has a realization and I'm like, "Ooh, did he realize that he needs to listen to Chloe more?
1: Did you read my notes? Because that is exactly what I
0: wrote down. Yep, turns out that is not what he realized because he realized he needs to listen to dad. Instead of listening to Chloe.
1: And he leaves her. Because he needs to now deal with his family issues. And so I was very confused that the next scene is in the penthouse because I was like, "Huh? I thought you were like dealing with your dad. So what is going Mm. on? And then he starts praying to Gabriel. And I was just like, oh, my God, imagine how fucking annoying that must be as angels that your siblings can constantly talk to you by just going like praying and saying your name. And then you basically have to like actively tune them out
0: (laughs) if you want to. Yeah.
1: It would drive me nuts, I think.
0: He says, I know you're there, you're always listening. I wonder, and I'm posing this as a concept, I wonder what Gabriel actually thinks of Lucifer. Because she's been around. Clearly, she's been there, she's always listening. She proves that by showing up after Lucifer says that. So she has seen him go through everything that he's been through. With Chloe, with Dan, with every single person.
1: She's still with Michael in the end.
0: Yes, and I wonder what she thinks about Lucifer and why. You mean that if she had always been listening, then she should
1: know him better and should not be siding with Michael?
0: Yes. Yes. Hmm. Who who would
1: you ask this?
0: I don't know. I wonder what is the reason that she is siding with Michael at the end. So maybe Lucifer? Maybe Tom?
1: I mean, if we ever get the chance to meet Chris Rafferty, he would be the one to ask, I think.
0: Probably. Oh, God, imagine Chris. I mean, there is a Lux free. Mm. Maybe in two years when Lux 2 actually happens. Yeah, but if there is a Lux 3, maybe we can campaign
1: for Chris Rafferty. Oh, God, imagine. We're so great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put it on a future list.
0: Good. Yeah.
1: I don't have anything else really for this penthouse scene
0: yeah that was kind of the main thing that i had with gabriel this question about her alliance and stuff like that which kind of gets shown at the end but also i was wondering if she would find lucifer fit to be god following his entire journey kind of another way to ward the question but yeah other than that this is all i had as well so we can go back to Chloe's apartment. Well, back...
1: We go to Chloe's apartment. We
0: haven't been there this episode yet. We haven't been there in a while.
1: Well, last time we were there is when everyone was singing and dad was in front of the door, right?
0: Yeah, but that's been a few episodes already. Yeah.
1: So this time it's not dad in front of the door, it's mom, it is Penelope, and she brought cake. Well, she brought chocolate cake in a box, which is absolutely hilarious to me for some reason. And it, is, it is funny. a very Penelope thing to do. Yes. Sadly, that is the only positive thing that I can take away from this scene, because mm-hmm. I... Feel that this conversation is extremely rushed There is not really much to connect this to the past information that we have Of Penelope and of John And I absolutely hate the premise with the oh, Well you said that I didn't do this Well your dad and I had a deal but we never told you So how can you not know If you don't tell your children shit no. how would they know
0: she didn't say how could you not know she said how could you know rather than not know
1: she seems super hurt by the fact that chloe seems to be under the assumption that john gave up his career dream for penelope and yes but that of doesn't course mean that, that has she... to be chloe's assumption because penelope never told her any different
0: yeah but that doesn't mean that she is saying oh you should know better no she's saying I am hurt by this and I realize that I fucked up and I should have told you about this so here you go this is the information that you are missing and why you don't think that I have sacrificed enough for your father
1: okay so to you it read as Penelope realizing she fucked up something
0: yes yeah this is why oh, okay. she came back in my eyes
1: to me, I didn't read it as Penelope realizing that she fucked up at all. To me, it was like, I am hurt by you assuming I'm the worst person ever.
0: Yeah. No, I did not see it that way.
1: Because that fit the previous relationship the two of them had had. They don't have a great relationship.
0: They don't, but she she has turned up for her before trying to work it out. So yeah. it was more natural to me to actually come to a conclusion that I did. Okay, that I did. okay. well... To me,
1: sadly, didn't read like that at all. And because of that, the lesson in quotation marks that Chloe takes away from this also feels extremely undeserved. Which in the last scene, of course, is... In the penultimate scene, of course, is going to be relevant. Anything else from you for this lovely mother-daughter interaction?
0: To me, it felt like a very wholesome conversation. So that's about all I had to say about that. Maybe I'm projecting. Maybe I'm pulling a Lucifer. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Maybe I'm projecting. Anyway, we go to Lux and there is a song in the background playing for the scene. Because it's Lux? Because it's Lux. Even though Lux is not open currently, it's a very emotional scene. The song is called Spirit and Decline by Gem Club. It doesn't start to play immediately, but we'll get there in a second. So I'm just gonna get it out of the way so we don't have to, you know, separate our bitching. So... One, Trisha Helfer showing up in this scene She was not in the trailer She was not being talked about being on the set at all Right, it was a complete surprise That was a complete surprise A day before this season dropped She posted on her Instagram pictures with Chris Rafferty Because they were hanging together And she was holding some sort of a watch party If I understand it correctly And they're really good mates Ah, okay So they really got close when she was working on Lucifer So they're really good friends so she, they did a shoot where she like tied him to a chair and posted something like don't worry guys I'm on it I'm gonna get the information about the n- next season before it releases and something like that the <laughs> <a> whole charade <laughs> and nice just to kind of get people off the scent of her ever even being on this so when she then turns up I remember I was so flabbergasted by the fact that she's actually there that I didn't give a fuck about the rest of the scene. I was just sitting in front of my telly going Oh, I remember. Oh that. my God! Look yeah. how beautiful she is. Oh, look at the dress. Look at the hair. Look at her smile. Look how smart and amazing she. Just completely, completely disregard the rest of the scene. I don't know if that was their intention, but it helped with coping with everything that Dad did. <laughs> so uh, I was extremely happy to see her, and my heart just kind of went out to Lucifer when you get to see him finally accepting the fact that he doesn't want his father to leave. He doesn't want him to retire. Even though he is, you know, he has his own reasons to be God, but he actually doesn't want anything to change. Which, Lucy, it's so heartbreaking to watch. While also we get the again confirmation of Michael being the asshole and actually gaslighting dad into thinking that it's, that it's needed for him to retire in the first place. So that's kind of what we got in this scene. A little bit of a start to this final plot of this season, I'm assuming.
1: That it's been Michael all along.
0: Yeah, so who knows? What's going to happen there?
1: We also get basically the last bit of mom's season tied up with mom and the Amenadiel's interaction. Mm-hmm. And her going like, I'm so sorry for not saying goodbye when I left last time. Their interaction is so incredibly sweet. Mm-hmm. And this basically saves the scene for me. I hate this scene. If you want to know why, listen to the bonus. <laughs> but this moment is really, really well done. And it is one of the two moments that saved this scene for me. The other moment is when dad is talking to Lucifer and he is like, telling that he go, he's going, nothing lasts forever, blah, blah, blah. I have our title drop. And then he also tells Lucifer what God Johnson <laughs> told him many, many episodes ago that he is proud of him and that he loves him which back then Lucifer said he would never hear his own father say to him. So this is very important. But in that moment when Lucifer gets the thing that he has always, always wanted and never thought he would get, he thinks of his brother and says, I think Amenadiel would also like to hear this.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Seriously, the thing he wanted the most and he was sure he couldn't have, he gets. And the first reaction he has is, I think my brother also would like to hear this. And that is just so selfless. And usually Lucifer has an issue with... Being self-centered, and so these two interactions—Mom and amenadiel Deal, and Lucifer thinking of Ames in this second—really made this very, very touching.
0: Yep. Then we close up the scene with the hall.
1: You'll figure it out. You forgot to name your successor. Mm-hmm. No, he You'll didn't. you figure forgot. it out. He's an asshole.
0: Yeah. You know, back to mysterious ways, and that made me extremely angry. Yeah. And to me, in this moment, I ask, what is even free will if this was? all according to his plan. What even is free will? And if everything that's gonna happen and ha- already happened was according to his plan does that mean that I get to blame all the bad shit that uh, can no. possibly happen in the future on dad because this is what he intended for it for ha- no. to
1: happen? What sh- why not? Because a few seconds earlier Lucifer says I get no choice in this and dad says I gave you a lifetime of choices which is an explicit contradiction between the plan and free will which is choice and so in my opinion this is posturing he for millennia for eternity basically he has made everyone believe that there is a grand plan when in fact there isn't Mm
0: -hmm. yes and this is what I choose to believe as well because otherwise the other thing is happening if I choose to believe that this is all according to his plan there is no free will there is everything Everything bad that ever happens is his fault and his choice, and I hate that, and I can't live with that, so yes.
1: So this scene, bittersweet and very, very angry making for me. You were obsessed with Trisha, obviously, so it was much better for you than for me. Mm-hmm. And I envy you on that, I honestly say.
0: You just need to love some people so much as I do, as much as I do, Trisha. And you're going to be much happier in overlooking shit.
1: There are a few, but I usually tend to be way too hung up on details To be able to let it go. I need to be more like Elsa. I need to let it go.
0: Little nitpicker Lina.
1: Yes, I'm I'm definitely a nitpicker. We go up to the penthouse and I hadn't even realized in the last two episodes how naked Lucifer's hand was without the ring. Ooh. But now that we see it back on his hand it feels so nice and I really like because he has the drink in the hand with the ring Mm -hmm. and it's very prominent and I'm absolutely here for it it's just perfect while I was still like enjoying the view of the ring Mm -hmm. on his hand which we remember in the past I was obsessed with then the next thing happens that makes me really really happy which is Lucifer called Chloe after what happened and he told her what happened
0: talking base of every relationship communication but this is
1: so big for Lucifer because this is right after basically he didn't wait he didn't process he didn't try to distract or anything he went through this incredibly emotional experience and the first thing he does is pour himself a drink and call his love and so this made me extremely happy take a Yeah And I've already said that I'm not happy with how Chloe comes to her choice because it feels rushed. But I'm gonna hand this over to you because you're probably gonna be much more positive than I am.
0: I think that Chloe's decision makes sense because she idolizes her father. And since this is a setup that her parents had... That's a really good point. And it's something that her dad did for his wife. I think it's much easier for Chloe to go with it. That
1: is a fucking good point and I did not take that into account. Daddy Decker took a step back so Penelope could do her thing. Chloe, absolute daddy's girl, now stepping in his footsteps and doing the same thing for her partner you are right I am okay with this now I'm still thinking that comparing five years of Lucifer working as her consultant when most of the time they weren't even a couple does not equate what she's giving up because she is a cop down to her core being but you are absolutely right this makes it make perfect fucking sense thank you
0: See, and this is the thing, and I agree with you there, because as much as this makes perfect sense to me that Chloe does this, I think that it's easier said than done, especially from her. So this is going to be something that we're going to be seeing as as a resolution in the future episodes, I'm sure. It's going to be tested. If this actually comes to fruition. So there's that. We also have our last song of the episode that is starting to play in in the middle of this conversation called Up in Arms by B.B. Man, It's spelled wildly, sorry.
1: That title, of course, is incredibly foreshadowing because the conversation ends, they kiss are about to kiss, and then we have Ramiel Interruptus showing Hi, up, which I absolutely love. I love that Remiel just drops in there. Mm. And she shares very important information with us, which is Michael is rallying forces in heaven. He wants to be God 2.0. And most of the other angels are signing up for his side. But Remiel hates Michael Mord and she dislikes Lucifer. And also Amenadiel is on Lucifer's side. And Remy is... Everything Team Amenity. Duh. So, Ramiel joins Team Lucifer, but she will spy on Michael, which is sneaky, mm-hmm.
0: sneaky, sneaky. And it's something that Lucifer desperately needs. Yes. He needs people or angels on his side. Yes. If he is going to make this.
1: And so, of course, this means that we will have Michael and Lucifer as opposing forces going forward. We go into our last scene, which I called Mysterious Meeting. The Setup. I was very, very confused why Gabriel is so nervous and jumpy. Is she scared of
0: Michael and that is why she's working for him? I mean, that would explain it. But also, I don't think so. I think she's just just jumpy person. I think that they are in the dark. She's an angel. What what does she have to be afraid
1: of? She literally carries the only thing that can kill them in her own hands.
0: But what if somebody punches her and takes it off of her and kills her? Hmm... I know, I know. But yeah, I think she's just jumpy because she knows that she's doing something against her brothers or against some of her siblings at the very least. And she did take it as a side mission from what Lucifer asked her to do. While also we find out that this is what Michael planned all along.
1: Exactly. She only did the favor to Lucifer because Michael told her to. Which Michael has been playing a long game. Wee 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 wee. I mean,
0: we've known that.
1: I kind of want to point out, I want centaurs in our universe as well. And mom, thank you for having centaurs. Awesome. Right?
0: Right? I love that.
1: And also I have been complaining that getting rid of Azrael's blade felt like such an easy cop-out move Mm -hmm. because it is this super overpowered weapon that would have resolved so many issues in the past. I like that it is back and I am very curious how they will deal with the literal god-killing weapon now.
0: I don't like it. I don't like it at all because this (laughs) means there is a very good chance with this blade being back in a game. The reason for that is somebody's gonna die. Yeah. It's not gonna just be there, not used. No. And I don't like that because thus far, unless it's Michael, I don't want anybody to die.
1: See, I'm very different in that regard.
0: So... Suffering. So with all of this, there is so much to unpack. I appreciated that Chloe stood up for herself throughout the episode, even though Ultimately, she did decide to quit her job to support Lucifer. We have talked about this. One of my favorite moments, and I know that you disagree with me, is the fact that God actually talks to Ella. Because at least somebody's talking to her and is getting her to try to accept herself for who she is. And I still wish there would have been more. I also worry that it wasn't enough. However, overall, at least God is now out of the way. So, you know, yay for that. And Michael's back to being our biggest villain of the season, which, you know, who saw that coming? So things are looking up. One last thing, because we're kind of releasing a little bit further apart now. I didn't realize that the finale is so close. We have only two episodes left in this season. So this is a setup for a finale. And the way it is getting Getting set up it's gonna be epic so i am very excited about that so ending on a positive note
1: i will start with the negative shit and go more and more positive so we can end this episode on a positive note yay <laughs> As annoyed as I am with that, leaving the way he did, I am fucking glad he's finally gone. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> anything and everything he's done is making me either angry or annoyed, so yay for no more dad. Though that also means no more mom, but since I was never her biggest fan, I shall live with that. I'm just sad for you.
0: Mm-hmm. We still have Charlotte, right?
1: Exactly. So Charlotte coming back would be much more awesome. Ella's supposed darkness annoys me just as much, if not more, as it did the first time I watched this. Only this time I am more annoyed with Dad than Ella, since he is the one with the, for me, pseudo-explanation of darkness, light connection thingy. And the thing is, I cannot help but feel that this is a very badly done parallel of the friendliest, happiest people often being the most severely depressed ones. I feel like this is where they're trying to get with this and I don't feel that it's done very well, which is surprising, especially in a Rafferty episode. Like I said, I found the interaction between Chloe and her mother regarding supporting your partner extremely flimsy. Your insight with Daddy Decker being the one to make the sacrifice makes a lot more sense. But like I said, being a cop is so deep, Chloe's core, that her just giving it up won't be that easy. So now it doesn't strike me as out of character anymore due to your insight thank you for that you but still very very tense about how this is gonna go May's trying to protect her heart and her new grown soul by choosing to become the queen of hell and controller of the torture pains me but it is so understandable it is such an understandable attempt but it will inevitably not bring her happiness i'm sure because her motivations are based on fear i absolutely love how supportive Amenadiel was throughout this episode both of Mace and Lucifer. He can be such a dum-dum every so often but he truly is a good bean at his heart. I am very excited that we got to meet so many other angels, even just in passing. Gabriel being an annoying, chatty female angel was not something I did expect but I found hilarious in many regards. Remiel being back is awesome, especially that she is now on Lucy's side. A delight! And 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 with the blade being back in the game, I have a sliver of hope that we might get Ezreal back.
0: (gasps) Oh, I didn't even think of
1: that. Yay. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please... Find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com.
0: If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch, and hours of bonus content. Yes hours.
1: If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really do help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.